last evening, um, I attended a block party and people were dressed up with all sorts of costumes and <clears throat> children were dressed up in bouncy houses and food and noise, laughter, fun. This evening, uh, Halloween is going to be officially celebrated. Uh, I just thought maybe today would be a good time to ask uh, the Apostle Paul, he's our hero today, <clears throat> and the quality that uh, we highlight about his heroism is humility. Paul was humble. And so if Paul was humble in the witness and powerful legacy that he left through the scriptures, then maybe we ought to take a lesson from the Apostle Paul. Whether Christians, believers, should celebrate Halloween or not, do you think, how many, no, I'm going to ask you. But some of you in here think Christians should not celebrate Halloween, period. Well, I've got to tell you, folks, we just did. The pumpkin. Where do you think that comes from? That doesn't come from anything but Halloween. Now, <clears throat> Halloween originated in the Celtic uh, tradition to dress up all kinds of crazy outfits to ward off the ghost so we wouldn't be bothered with ghosts for the coming year. Seems harmless, doesn't it? Then there is another tradition called the Night of the Dead in Mexico where they celebrate and actually think that the dead come back and walk among them and they communicate with the dead. So they're celebrating the dead. But believers, we need to remember that we don't celebrate death. Paul said it's the last enemy to be conquered. Jesus Christ erased death. So we don't celebrate death. We celebrate life. Right? All right, back to Halloween. And I, uh, you know, there's nothing funny about death. Nothing at all funny about death. Uh, it's no laughing matter. Especially if, if I'm the one that's doing the dying, it's no laughing matter. But there are some humorous uh, events that happen around death. And uh, I want to share something with you. As a pastor, when a person comes to discuss their memorial service, not their memorial service, but the memorial service of the deceased, uh, they, we usually ask them, what scriptures would you like for the person? Bruce, what would you like for, uh, yeah, uh, and, uh, what, uh, what songs would you like? And my golly, what songs have evolved through. You're, back when I was a kid and coming through church, I was in church three or four times a week. Every funeral, I, I, death never bothered me because I grew up with it. I go to funerals all the time. And I remember the music they played in the funeral home at that time. 
beyond the sunset. And every time I'd hear that and I'd see in church, I'm thinking, oh, somebody must have died. <laughs> Someone surely passed away. Well, uh, I looked up some songs that I would not want played at my memorial service if they even have one for me. And maybe you wouldn't either. And if you want to smile, it's all right. But if you break out in one of those horse laughs, I may break out with you. Uh, You're in the service. You're ready to go. My loved one is here. We're all sad because it's sad when someone leaves. Only the Holy Spirit can fill that that hole in us. But they're, they're here it's a, it's a solemn moment, and the song comes out, Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. <laughs> you, you think this is funny. I mean, this happens, and we pastors have to sit there and try to keep a straight face. Another one, I'm sitting there, and we're ready to do the service, and she wants this song because he loved this song called Highway to Hell by ACDC. <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh my golly, what am I going to do next? You, you don't realize what, what we go through. <laughs> Another one that really caught my attention once was The Best Day Ever by SpongeBob. <laughs> and then there's one that I used to kind of joke about myself, about my passing. You see, I can do that because I don't worry about death. Because Jesus Christ destroyed that, that, that fear and that awful pain of death. Because as a believer, that's why we say he passed. He's passing through. She's passing through. But in my, my service, maybe they'll sing the old song from, from the song entitled, My Farewell Party. You'll be so glad when I'm gone. Wouldn't that be sad to sing that? Halloween. I, I, uh, I looked in the scriptures for anything can, pertaining to Halloween, and, and I, didn't, I didn't find a lot. Um, I didn't uh, find any prohibitions about, quote, Halloween. When we left this church 40 years ago and went down South Florida to Miami, and I, I walked into church, and it was about this time of year. We went in September, and so November, Halloween came along, and, and I looked, they had a school, K through eighth grade, and the whole top of the elementary school building was lined with witches and um, black cats and uh, goblins. And I said to Barb, I said, this, this, this ain't right. This, you know, she said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to do anything right now. I've just been here a couple of months. But I had a little talk, and we changed that to some leaves and stuff would fall. You know, we kind of neutralized it. But it's still Halloween. You can't get by with that. It's Halloween, but we're going to change it to leaves and and, uh, you know, uh, Bible characters and things like that. That, that. that takes care of it. That's what we did. So we left there after seven years and went to Punta Gorda. 
Florida, and on the main street in front of the church, every year at Halloween, five to 7,000 people come by the church. They block off the whole street. All the neighbors come out. They've got, these people, have, they, they, they do it right. They rent up ice cream machines and they give out ice cream and these people are all coming by. And I said to the staff, I was only there two weeks and they, they were gonna do this. I said, what do we do for Halloween? Oh, we, we don't do anything. We, we, don't, we don't celebrate that, that's a devil's day. I said, the devil be darn, we're going to do something this year. So we put out a couple of tables and had some tracks and gave out a little candy to the kids. And the people were coming back. I could see it. Every year after that, and I was there for 13 years, it grew. We had the praise band out. We had puppet shows going on. We had, we had the church out front celebrating Halloween. <laughs> praise the Lord. There, the Apostle Paul put it so uh, delicately. He had problems with people who were nitpicking about food. Food sacrificed to idols and food from the uh, <clears throat> Jewish uh, prohibitions for food in the Old Testament. Peter had, uh, had the same problem with, with that, and he took care of it. And I'll get to that in a minute, exactly what Paul said, but we have that same problem today with Halloween. Folks, we live in the world, but we're not to be of the world. If we want to try, there are three approaches to Halloween from the Christian perspective, in my opinion. And my opinion is absolutely correct. <clears throat> <laughs> Number one, we don't have anything to do with it at all. We strictly build a bearer. We, we have nothing to do with it. Well, you may have problems with your children if you do that, if you have children. You may have some big problems because they live in the real world. Second option is to say, well, we, we'll, have, we'll, subs, we'll, we'll just substitute it with a fall festival. You're just celebrating Halloween. There's no problem. And I agree with that. I'm not against that. But don't kid yourself. Halloween is still Halloween. And the third option is just to say, I don't give a hoot one way or the other. If you want to dress up as a goblin or a gander, go to it. It's fine with me. That's probably not the best approach either. I, I think tonight some of you are going to um, have some kids knocking on your door for um, some candy or whatever you give out. Uh, I would never let kids just go in strange neighborhoods and get stuff anymore because Halloween's a dangerous time, Halloween night. There's some, there's some na nasty, evil things that happen. Like every holiday... People get out of hand. And, uh, you know, you can do some crazy things behind the mask, right? You revel behind the mask, but when the mask comes off, you say, oh my golly, what, what happened here? 
1 Peter 5, 8 says simply that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour. And Halloween is a great time for the devil to be personified in pictures and, I guess, costumes. But as a believer, reading the Apostle Paul, knowing that he is a very humble person and that he believes in conscience, meaning the Holy Spirit speaking, I'll give you another example that happened in this church right here at Pine Castle 30, 40 years ago. We had a fall festival, and the lady that organized it and was a children's minister is sitting right here in the congregation. I won't say where, but she's here. And she was vehement. She said, I don't want any ghosts and goblins and nasty, bloody, and all that kind of thing. We want costumes, you know, she, she's right, that's nice. So I said, okay. Our son was about, I don't know, eight years old, six years old, maybe a little older than that, I don't know. But he dressed up as Don Johnson, I think it was. But his friend that he invited to church, who wasn't from a church family, we picked his friend up He's in this white ghosty outfit with blood dripping all over it. I'm hanging on. And I looked at Barb. I said, we're going to take him. She said, what? I said, come on, bud, let's go. In the car we went. We came down to church. I met our children's uh, coordinator at the door. I said, I don't know if you're going to like this, but Trell's friend, he didn't get the message. <laughs> Here he is. And she looked at him, and she went, oh. I said, what are we going to do? She said, nothing. Bring him in. That's called grace. That's grace. And that's the message of Paul, who's a humble, grace-giving, loving child of God. That's the whole point of my approach as a believer to Halloween. It's grace. You know, and I want to get you the right, the right scriptures when I do this. The the scripture that I'm looking for simply says that those who are unregenerate, who are lost, who don't have Christ as personal Savior, they can't help what they do. They don't know any better. They're ignorant. Now, if you have a kid who has ADHD, and this kid can't sit still, and he blurts off stuff, and rah, 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 you can't beat that kid for that. He can't help it. Opioid abuse and addiction. They can't help it. And you may say, oh, yeah, they could have. Listen, it doesn't matter how it started. Right now, they can't help it. That's scientifically proven. 
So you can't condemn. We're not here to condemn. We're here to give grace. Grace. Grace is the only thing that will draw people to Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful that Paul personifies that in his own life. Another scripture in Revelation that, that really will make, you, make, me, it make me think it, it's kind of scary, but it gives me a, a perspective on how to deal with those who I know are not living under the commandments or the, the direction of God. And that doesn't mean I'm judging them. I'm not judging. I'm not condemning. That's the furthest thing. Paul didn't condemn. But here's the scripture, and it's kind of scary. Revelation 22, 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes. That's the people who receive Christ as Savior and Lord. They're washed in the blood of the Lamb. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Is your name written there, that old song? Is your name written in the book? If it isn't in the book, you're not in. I know that that theologically that's a real stretch, but that's what the scripture says. It is a symbol to show us that you got to be in tune with God. you got to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And you do, your name's in the book. You don't, it isn't. That's scary. A lot of people don't have their name in that book. And we have to be patient, loving, and graceful to them so that they can find this peace and joy that we have. Right? You know, and Pastor Scott has, uh, he's leading this fight to educate people about opioids. And one of the old images of people who are addicted is the knockdown druggie laying out here in the ditch. That's not true. Doctors, nurses, lawyers, addicted. I had... In one of my churches, I had two registered nurses go to prison for stealing because they were addicted to opioids. Back to Revelation. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Here's the kicker. Verse 15. Outside are the dogs. That was as low as you could get back then. I like dogs. I love dogs. But I don't like these dogs. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magical arts. Go over to Casadega, get your reading. A lot of them are right on correct, believe me. I had an aunt that went to Casadega years ago, and a person read her thing and told her, where to buy her, open her shoe store, how much to invest, and when to stop. She did exactly as they said over a period of about 12 years, made 
a ton of money over in Merritt Island, Titusville, really, where the, you know, the space thing was going. And when the date came that the medium told her to stop, she sold it to my brother. He went broke. <laughs> they, they closed the space center for a while. That's what happened. So don't ever discount this as uh, malarkey and nonsense with mediums and all. It's real. But here's the important thing to remember. God says, have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. Nothing. Don't play with it. You know, you play with a sewer, you stink. That's a good, that's a good illustration. I love that. Outside of the dogs, those who practice magical arts and the sexual immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. See, they're all in there together. And God, God hates that. He doesn't hate the people. He hates that stuff. So I conclude this way about Halloween. If you want to go out and have a good time tonight, trick-or-treating, whatever, get out there and have a good time. Your witness is you. You're not advocating worshiping the devil and all those things by being out there. If you think you are, if it bothers you, stay home. Stay home, absolutely stay home. And I say that because the Apostle Paul puts it very clearly, if I can ever find the scripture, he says, <laughs> in, in 1 Corinthians 10, and I'm going to paraphrase this, you as a believer, you have the ultimate freedom to do as you please. But, <laughs> I always get a but in there. <laughs> yeah, you get a but. But, all things are not beneficial to you. All things are not expedient, as one translation says. He says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Eat anything at the meat market you want to eat without raising questions. I like that one, don't you? Because I like meat. Uh, yeah. uh, if an unbeliever invites you to a meal, you want to go, go over there and eat what's set before you. If you have questions about whether the food was offered to idols, uh, just refrain from eating it for both your conscience' sake. See, he's getting into conscience now with the Holy Spirit. And he says, I'm, I'm referring to the other person's conscience, not yours, for this is the kicker of the whole message, for why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience? For why is my freedom to do what I think I should do being judged by your conscience? What's Paul saying? Grace, grace, grace. You can't win people by telling them how bad they are. I had this person recently tell me some kind of a story about uh, someone else's 
sin. They're sinning. And it sounded like a uh, uh, put down to the other person. It really got to me. So I wrote the other, this person back and I said, hi, I think maybe you should look into your own heart and know that that person is, can be forgiven just like you were for, are forgiven for your sins. And I put, we're no one perfect, no, not a one. Not one righteous, not one. Is there a good person in the church? Heck no. <laughs> not one. There isn't. Ah, it kills you, doesn't it? Doesn't I get you? Here you are trying to be good. You sing a song and got your Bible. You're good, I'm not good. God, God is good. None of us would reach that goodness. The only goodness in us is Jesus Christ and his righteousness within us. So that way God gets all the glory. That doesn't mean we can't be good and do good things, but deep down, everybody's the same. We're all sinners, but grace comes into play, doesn't it? Because that's what we're saved by. And that's, that's the whole message of today. I like the one where it says, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God there in 1 Corinthians 16. Whatever you do. So I'm going to conclude the service now this way. Actually, I don't want to conclude the service. Let the Holy Spirit do it. <clears throat> are we going to celebrate Halloween tonight or are we going to celebrate Hallelujah. And hallelujah means that we don't worry about all the ghosts and goblins for he who lives resides within us. The Holy Spirit of God is greater than all those ghosts and goblins. That It doesn't mean they don't exist and it certainly doesn't mean there's not power there but the power that we have is greater. And our duty is to witness that power in love and extend it through grace. 